I also was just so excited about all my friends and what they were doing. And I just really wanted to make a foundation where they could stand on and show their work. Hello and welcome to Where the Living Room Used to Be, a podcast about Rhode Island's music scene. Hey everyone, it's James. On this episode, I was able to catch up with musician and owner of PVD Live, Chrissy Stewart. In our interview, we talk about how she got into booking shows, what she's looking to create with her production company and some of their past and upcoming shows around the state, how she created her record House of Christina, and the more than serendipitous way that that title came to her. Please enjoy the episode, and make sure to check out PVD Live's Roller Skate Concert Series, at the Providence Rink that starts the beginning of June. And as always, please follow where the living room used to be on Instagram and Facebook using the handle at livingroomutb to see some show photos, flyers, and a whole bunch more from Chrissy's time in music. Chrissy, thank you for hopping on the podcast with me. I'm a legit fan of everything that you do so this is really cool to uh get to learn more about you pleasure to be here thank you for Uh, having me uh you know to kind of set the stage a bit uh can you talk a little bit about where you grew up and what drew you to music um yeah i i guess i'll start from the beginning my parents were missionaries we my brother and i were both born in thessaloniki greece but Um, my main roots are where my family's from, uh, from West Springfield, Massachusetts, kind of North Hampton area. And then I, uh, my father was a pastor of a church. So that led us to that in Rehoboth, Massachusetts, where I grew up for most of my life, um, around six, but that's about 20 minutes East of Providence. So that's kind of where my stomping grounds began. And yeah. So I, it was a nice sweet spot to grow up because we often went out to Providence and Boston and um, we're always going to different shows. That was like a big part of me growing up. I wasn't really a, a kid that went to the mall on the weekends. I went to BFW shows and living room shows and ICC oh, really? shows in Austin. And oh, nice. Yeah, that nice. was a big part of it. Yeah. Uh, so what, what bands were you seeing back then? Like what were, uh, like what were you into where you're like into particular bands that you're, or just part of the scene, you know? I grew up in the hardcore punk, um, Vanna, Therefore I Am, uh, The Cadence. Yeah. The Falling, which is Rachel Jorgensen, who, um, still a good friend of mine, uh, Receiving End of Sirens. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was a big, yeah, I mean, that was just, I'm so fortunate to have had that upbringing. Um, Vanna mm-hmm. was the first band I went on tour with. Uh, that kind of showed me a lot. I'm um, being friends with all of them. Mm-hmm. Business and 
being there, you know, the day they got signed for Epitaph, you know, like all those little moments was pretty yeah, special yeah. part of. That's cool. And who introduced you to music in general? Like was music around in, in the home or? Um, I guess like the early introduction would be, you know, my father was a pastor of a church. So, you know, gospel music was mm-hmm. my first introduction. And then being brought to my first show around like 14, 15 and hearing all of those, uh, like the punk scene and all that was just, uh, um, yeah, that was that, that opened the world up to it. Okay. Was it just friends in school? I mean, that's what it was for me. Like I just had some friends around, yeah, like 14, we went to this place, the espresso bar in Worcester. Uh, and it was just, I went to every show every weekend there basically, but that's where I was seeing like, yeah, dropkick Murphy's before they were, huge you know playing these like you know 150 cap rooms or whatever so uh, but that introduced me to everything it's funny it was a very specific moment and I remember getting out of school and my friend Chris Morris who is in a great band called Morris in the east coast they're not together anymore but their music is amazing Mm -hmm. Um, which we were both like 14 15 we weren't even in bands yet but he was like I'm going to this show um for the cadence I love this band the cadence and um, I was like, all right, I'll come with you and check it out. And mm-hmm. that, that was the beginning of it all. You know, like that, that concert, I think they play with Therefore I Am. It was like, it was what was missing my whole life. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I, I completely identify. I just love that scene and I love the camaraderie with it. Um, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, that was the first local show I went to. But the first actual concert I went to was Third Eye Blind at the WBRU concert series. That was yeah. Near the area. <laughs> yep. That was like the first concert I went to and I ran it. It rained. Yeah. It was the first time I crowd surfed. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I just lost my mind. <laughs> That's really cool. Good. It was so good. Those, yeah. The BRU concert series has come up a couple of times with interviews at that I've done, they were just something special. And I mean, it's cool that BRU is like holding on, but you know, like it's like what was happening at that time, it was just, there really wasn't anything like it for that, that radio station, the music that it was bringing out and the bands they were bringing into these, you know, into these markets was just phenomenal. I know to think about, you know, seeing Third Eye Blind for free outdoors in Providence, downtown, like it just, that was a dream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of people know you from PVD live. Um, and you, you know, you do an amazing job of, of booking shows. When did you start on that like production side of, of putting shows together and, and working with bands? I know you've been doing it for a while, but, um, when did that come about? Yeah, I, um, probably I've been booking for, maybe 10, um, 10 to 12 years. It all gets meshed together. <laughs> yeah. Also now, like, what is time, you know? Like <laughs> <laughs> when I moved to Providence, I got an apartment with my brother and we had a lot of talented friends, but they were playing at loud bars and we wanted to create an atmosphere for them. Mm-hmm. So that's how our house show started, um, which turned into the Grove, um, our yep. house. 
And so, yeah, we did that for years, just um, hosting shows, had a lot of great bands come through. Um, that turned into meeting all the Columbus Theater crew. Um, that also went into my Grange music series. Um, mm -hmm. and then when I started to book regularly at the Grange, I was like, uh, I should like do something around this PVD live. That mm -hmm. good. <laughs> so I just created that. And instead of posting everything on my personal stuff, it was more of a platform to post the shows I was doing. But I also was just so excited about all my friends and what they were doing. And I just really wanted to make a foundation where they could stand on and show their work. Yeah. I mean, you've definitely done that. And I mean, you've just booked, I don't know, hundreds of shows around the state. Uh, you know, I, Jimmy's Saloon and Nickanese and, um, you know, yeah, just the, the Grange series was really cool that you were doing. Uh, Goodwill Engine, you were uh, booking there. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's cool. I mean, what would you uh, say about that experience of, of booking in all of these different venues? Was it um, like, were there certain challenges with this or, or how uh, were some of those decisions made for the variety that you were, you know, working with, you know? There's always challenges. Um, <laughs> every single one I welcome because I learned something from every single one. Yeah. The range was like the first time I was doing something in a public place outside of the comfort of my home, you know, in our house. It was mostly always acoustic. I, you know, I was, I don't, don't want to say thrown in, but like, yeah, I was thrown into the Grange music series. I went in to be a hostess and Aaron Clemens, who I will, I love him so much. He interviewed me for this hostess job and he, he was like, don't you do like house shows? And uh, at your house, I was like, yeah. He's like, you want to do that here? I was like, sure. So I went into the job with thinking I was just going to grab a hostess gig with like <laughs> this whole series on my hands. And I was like, sweet. But it was like, oh, well, you know how to like run sound. And I had no idea. So it was like my friend oh, wow. Nick Coolidge, who was working there at the time as a server. Thank God he was there for most of the shows because he kind of showed me you know, the ropes a bit, but I'll still, I still hear the screeching, like feedback and like, just like <laughs> learning it. And like, sometimes like, oh my goodness, it was crazy learning that during yeah. the series and not having any <laughs> backup. That. And I, I love every single musician there that was so patient with me, but that was one, like one piece of advice that I got during that was like, it's gotta get bad before it gets good. You know, it's like, it's gotta, you know, mm -hmm. you gotta make the mistakes. You gotta like, these moments are super stressful, but you're going to laugh about them. How I'm laughing about them now, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So there's always those challenges, but um, it, when it's bad, it will get good, you know, cause you're smoothing it out. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, did a rhythm and roots night at, the Grange, correct? Is that, um, like, I, I just wanted to bring that up. Like, my wife and her family have been going to that event before it was even Rhythm and Roots when it was the Cajun Bluegrass Festival 
you know, however many years ago. Um, and they still go like every year and just the whole like camping scene and jamming scene and stuff. So, you know, as I'm going through that one just kind of stuck out and just, you know, uh, wanted to just learn a little bit more about what that, um, if you remember, you know, what that particular night kind of was about and, you know, was it connected with Chuck and, and rhythm and roots? And, yeah. yeah. I've been doing rhythm and roots five or six years now. Chuck Wentworth is such a big mentor for me. Uh-huh. I I was a stage manager and then he brought me in and then he promoted me the next year as our artist liaison so I've been doing that oh, um, nice, five nice. Years. Um, but yeah I just kind of wanted to when it came to my attention like six years ago I was like what is this magical beautiful, <laughs> yeah. like whimsical family oriented like just the camping vibe the fires mm-hmm. after the festival and just mm-hmm. like singing till three in the morning like it's just such a great festival and I was very surprised that one I'm in production like it's I make it my job to know what's going on you know yeah it wasn't on my radar so I was just like blown away um by that little festival and um I'm just excited to now like the Wentworths are like family and being Mm -hmm. a part of that um but the intention of bringing Rhythm and Roots to the Grange was to um, turn people on in Providence onto the festival. So I got gotcha. you. Okay. Free party. So I had Sarah Potenza there and um, a couple of musicians that were a part of the festival to do that pre party at the Grange. Nice. Yeah. I mean, there is, I mean, I guess, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of it as well. Um, you know, you're just kind of mentioning it, just like there can be some odd divide of the northern part of Rhode Island somehow doesn't know what's going on in the southern part. And it's, you know, like, <laughs> trying to like, no, there's stuff like in like Wakefield, there's like, you know, what's the pump house, you know, <laughs> or Knicker, the Knickerbocker, where's that? Like, is that in, you know, South America, you know, it's like, no, it's in South County, you know, but uh um, so true. <laughs> so, yeah, but I, yeah, I've been fortunate to go the last couple of years. Uh, yeah, my wife's uh, father plays a lot of different instruments, and he's performed there. But yeah, my wife's worked at the kids' tent. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, it's it's such a great family oriented event with the playground that's there and, and just the the music. It's it's and fantastic. The dance yeah, I mean, it is uh, just an experience. I mean, I can't dance to like to Zydeco or, you know, uh, Steve Riley or any of that stuff. But it's just like seeing the how in tune everyone is and, and just how they know what that next move is. It's just a sight of like, you know, almost seeing the, you know, birds in flight or they're just, they all know what's going on. And I'm like, this is so far beyond me, but <laughs> they always pull me on the dance floor and I try so hard, but it's just not happening just yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, I'm glad. I'm so glad it's happening this year. So yeah. The announcement just recently came out right with the, the lineup or um, so yeah, watch for that Labor Day weekend. So, yeah. And, you know, I mean, again, looking at some of the stuff that you've done, uh, I know last year you ran a virtual series to support artists. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what an artist relief was and, and some of the people that came through and, you know, some of the positive impact that you had with that? 
series under, you know, crazy circumstances last year. Yeah, that was fun. That was a lot of work, but it was fun. And it was, it just became a lifeline for a lot of us to just check in each week and come together mm-hmm. and also keep me sane. <laughs> it was busy work <laughs> because it was like teaching everyone how to get onto the PVD Live Instagram and like, it was um, a lot of learning curves, but um, it was just important. Like we didn't raise much money. So instead we divided it at the end when um, the Black Lives Matter protests came and surfaced. And we just felt like instead of splitting this all 30 different ways, you know, mm-hmm. no, 30, like let's bring it together. And then we donated it to um, different causes like Fang and um, some other great uh activists in the city that were doing the work. But um, that was April and May, every Thursday night. And I had five or six different musicians, um, artists. Um, yeah, some artists like Dana Tarr, we, he gave us a tour of his like incredible studio space at the Reliquarium. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a, this awesome. You don't know the Reliquarium. It is such a circus over there, a magical circus. And mm-hmm. get it on the radar because they do some really cool stuff. Um, and then I had mugs. I had, yeah, a lot of great musicians that came through. Um, it's so funny. There was like 50 of them and I'm now <laughs> nice, slitty, um, Sarah Azriel. And I was just so blessed how, how many people were down, um, mm-hmm. Because it's not it's not comfortable to get on Instagram. The sound quality is not awesome, but mm-hmm. it meant a lot to musicians to be doing something. Um, I know how important it is for a lot of people to one stay connected, but stay um, artistically active for mental health and um, yeah, yeah, you know, and just the people that weren't musicians that rely on going to shows for community. You know, just tuning in that was important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was a a weird, weird and wonderful experience, but I'm really mm-hmm. happy to get back to live music. been booking outdoor shows at Industrious Spirits Company in Providence. Uh, yeah, every Wednesday night there. Yeah. Um, how did you connect with that particular venue? Because had they been doing shows prior to when you started bringing them in? I, I, I may be wrong with that, but it just seems like they it's, actually, you know, a new spot, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, it is like very new. They actually opened, I think, March or April. When okay. it started happening or like right, like maybe around that time. Um, but Manya was looking for someone to bring some music into the place. And I was connected with her by my friend, Grace Goodrich, who was also another local musician. Um, and so Manya and I met and I 
I'm just so grateful that that came to be because I really just didn't know how, like, cause I was booking at Goodwill Engine Company before the pandemic hit and that was indoors. And I knew indoors was kind of out of the question for the foreseeable future. So mm-hmm. I, mean, I couldn't, I couldn't ask for a better venue than ISCO mm-hmm. it has um, incredible, like um, covering of, uh, you know, beautiful wood. They have hanging white lights, you know, covered from the rain. And all the tables are spaced out. It's a mm-hmm. cool stage area. You know, it's just, it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It seems like you've, you know, brought some great bands in there. Um, and is that going to continue on uh, for the foreseeable future? Uh, yeah, they brought me back this summer and there isn't really, we're, we're going to do it again till it gets cold out probably till November, December, probably take uh, December and January off again and probably start again in spring and April, you know, just awesome. it's kind of hard to do it. I mean, they do have a really comfortable space with fire, um, like fire pits and heat lamps, mm-hmm. but you know, December and January is tough. <laughs> I wouldn't, I personally would not want to perform in that. So I'm not yeah. going to ask anyone to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, with regard to summer, you have a pretty exciting outdoor music series that's going to be kicking off. It's a roller skate oh my uh, goodness. skating yes. series that, that's down at Kennedy Plaza, correct? And the, uh, yeah. I don't even know what it's called now. I guess I should know that because it changed names, didn't it? Or it's it's not um, the, technically the Providence Rink, but I guess Providence they're... Rink, okay. The rink itself was called the Providence Rink. We actually had a meeting today. I was like, how do I word it? So I'm not <laughs> saying it wrong. But it's yeah. the rink, but the venue itself, like the large area where the beer garden is and the whole entire space is called Bank Newport City Center. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk about that series and, um, you know, who, uh, you know, who brought you into that? And um, yeah. um, I just had, um, a vision to do some sort of like roller uh, dance party outdoors. Um, mm-hmm. Brett, um, he runs Conscious Club, which is another live music production company in the city, um, mm-hmm. shared that vision. And we were both like, well, let's come together. Let's figure out how we can get funding for this. Um, he coordinated a meeting with the um, Providence Rink Center. And we went into the meeting thinking like, right, how are we going to pull this off? Like thinking we'd have to rent out the rink and we were saying maybe it will just be a one-time thing, you know, Mm -hmm. party, collaborate on that. And then going at the end of the meeting, (laughs) it was just like, it just the proposal turned itself on its head. And he was like, well, I need booking for Thursday and Friday, you know, for the whole season for our (laughs) series. And yeah. we're like, what? This is like a ideal meeting. Like you basically, we thought we were going like, to here's the keys, you know, and <laughs> yeah. the venue. And yeah, it was, so they hired us as their promoters for, um, so I'm doing all of the Thursday nights and conscious club is doing all of the Friday nights um, for June, July, August. Um, and then I think a couple dates in September. Nice. Yeah, so we kicked that off on Thursday the 3rd with Boo City. Um, and then we've got Low Key on the 10th, which is like a collection of six different DJs. Nice. On the 17th, we got DJ Ness and Joe Bruce. Do you know Joe Bruce? I do, yeah. 
Yeah, he's he's so good. I love that kid. Yeah. On the 24th, um, I actually have a residency with the Funky Autocrats every last Thursday. Of the oh, month. hell yeah. That's yeah, awesome. They're, they're <laughs> <laughs> like I can't just book you guys once. I gotta. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, so that really worked out. Yeah, and uh, yeah. What time are the shows? And is it um, is is there an admission to the shows, or is it um, funded? And uh, how is that? Like, do people need yeah. tickets that they need to get? Yeah, the rink itself is open five to ten. Entertainment is six to uh, nine thirty. And then uh, it's $7 entry, and then it's $7 to rent roller skates. Cool. Yeah, and, and they have, like, a, Trinity has a beer garden over there. Um, there's food trucks, and it's going to be a good time. That sounds awesome. And is are the tickets at the door, or will people need to, like, make reservations for them prior? You can get them on the door, at the door, but I would advise getting them prior at the ProvidenceRink.com website. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That sounds like a super fun time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I want to talk about your your own music as well. Um, your album House of Christina is fantastic, and um, yeah, I just would like to learn a little bit more about that because you know, even just doing some research for our discussion here, um, it. I remember reading that it came even as a bit of a surprise to some people around you, like friends and family that you're going to do this. You know, it, it's not like you've been surrounded by music. You've been booking bands for a long time, but you know, just the, like getting behind the mic and performing uh, kind of even caught some people by surprise. Is, is that correct? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My mom said it was funny. She's like, I didn't even know you sang. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I didn't know it was like that deep, but. <laughs> wow. Okay. A couple of years when I started to like, I think it was just one day I was like, I'm going to book myself. And everyone was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to book my own show. <laughs> They're like, okay. You know? Um, and I was just, I was just, I knew it was time. And it was a time, like, it was years that I had it within me. Didn't really was very shy uh, stage fright about that and had a couple friends that believed in me and pushed me to that point. So. Okay. Like how long had you been writing before you performed? Like. I wrote preacher's daughter, which is on the album maybe like eight years ago. That was my first. Oh, okay. And I kept that in my pocket for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I played my first show about three years ago, I think now, three or four Okay. Years. Yeah. And then just really went slow from there, took my time. And I think what kind of catapulted it was when I was on tour with Lucinda Williams. And when I got home, I was just like, so inspired. And that's when yeah. I, I got home in September. And I text my friend who I haven't even talked to in forever. We weren't even really close friends at the time. It was someone that I booked a lot was Jonah Tolchin. Okay. And I just texted him. I was like, I want to write songs. Will you want to write songs with me? <laughs> and uh, yeah. just did a, a ton of different writing sessions um, at Dragon Line and Jamestown. And that, mm-hmm. yeah, we did some like, we took our time. We took like two years in pre-production, you know, writing out songs and yeah. 
Yeah. What was that process like for you? Were you, uh, were you just focused on the lyrics and then trying to set music to that? Is that, yeah. Yeah. So how it comes to me is lyrics with rhythm. And so acapella kind of explain, um, what the sound, um, and then Jonah and I just have a very easy writing, um, ability together. We would write songs and 20, 10, 20 minutes. Um, and yeah, he just, it was, uh, I didn't really have to communicate much. He just kind of knew where I was going with it Mm -hmm. for that. Um, so that was most of my writing experience with house of Christina. Yeah. Okay. And how did you pull in the other musicians or or like, when did you pull in the other musicians? Were they uh, kind of brought in more just for the recording process or were they part of the writing, you know? Yeah, it was mostly Jonah and I for the whole writing process. And then um, when we, we recorded the album live at Dragon Line over the course of four days. And John Farone has been such a, solid soul music brother to me and he he knew the songs well and he has such a gentle way with music he knows exactly you know we have a very similar taste um so when he a lot of the songs it was um they were i would say like 70 percent done and then we we didn't practice or anything we just brought in John Farone on drums, um, Matt Murphy on bass, and then Nick Coolidge, who did the engineering. Um, mm-hmm. He did the back vocals. Um, and then, yeah, and Jonah did all of the uh, overdub with um, guitars. And there was like some really magical moments of like, for example, Preacher's Daughter, like, oh, we hear horns in this, like there mm-hmm. has to be you know and that wasn't planned but I knew Ben Shaw lived over the bridge yeah and I was like and like he brought he's like sure and he like listed off 20 different horns that they had at this house he's like what do you need what do you want and I'm just like you are amazing and he came and if you hear that he yeah he has a I think it's baritone and sax and mm-hmm. has and he made it sound very like Tom Waitsy, which mm-hmm. was cool. You could find him doing mime on the streets. Started living in a world concrete. A man with no love for cash or gold. Just the love of what the Lord had told.
So that was on the fly. You know, there, there's a lot of moments like on the fly in that, that kind of gave its body and life. Um, yeah. Brendan Moore, an incredible piano player. Um, that was also, um, he's South County. So we're like, could you come by and add this, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Can you talk about some of the, like, well, I guess both musical, like sound influences to the record that you were pulling from. And then I'd also like to hear you kind of just talk about like the lyrical influences, like what were there certain things that you were looking to, to get across with this particular record, um, certain messages or anything like that? Um, I think a very big influence for me in just in the beginning when getting into singing was Fiona Apple um, mm -hmm. years ago. You know, she kind of blew my mind with uh, lyrics, like in her way of singing. And of course, Nora Jones, like these pivotal musicians showing me that you don't have to hit high notes. You can stay low and it can still sound so beautiful um, when uh -huh. you sing to your register. Um, so those are two very big influences. Um, I listened to a lot of Me Bubba, um, really like them when I was kind of getting, I was, that, that was actually like my mantra music when I was very anxious around the album and recording it there. So oh, really? to listen to. Yeah. Um, but um, if I was trying to go for a specific tap, it's, it's just, it's just, uh, just what naturally came out of me and mm -hmm. same with the stories, you know, a lot of it is inspired by like how nature reflects the human experience. You know, it's also similar to each other and also specific stories of like um, just the, I, I don't know if you know about the backstory of the house of Christina and how that name came to be. And um, I don't know like what, how did that, <laughs> you brought it up so <laughs> <laughs> well, oh man that's a long one i well it's yeah a podcast so we have time but <laughs> <laughs> it's not that long yeah. I, yeah i wanted to write a song and i remember this is a part of a pre-production time and joan and i were just walking on the beach talking about what's the next song we want to write and I was like, I really want to write a song about this experience I had um, two years ago. And I was driving in downtown Springfield. And my friend and I, we went up there and we went to go see uh, Dr. John perform in Northampton. And then the next morning, we were looking for this very obscure restaurant because my friend was a foodie. <laughs> and so we were going in all these like back roads. And we drove past the street. And I was like, oh my gosh pull around, pull over. And he like pulled onto the street and I found, and it's very clear, you know, the childhood street that I grew up on because it is a dead end and there's a school at the very end of it um, and it's called Madison Avenue. So he pulled on the street. I jumped out of the truck. I ran down the street and my childhood home is at the very end. And there was this catering van outside and I asked the man, I was like, I just knew I had to get into the house. So I was like, do you need any help bringing shaping dishes in or anything? 
And he's like, uh, sure. And we like walked into the house and I'm like marveling at just how nothing looked like it changed. It was just this big colonial house with like the oak wood and the big like um, staircases. And um, the guy was like, hey, this woman is really nice. She helped me bring in the shaping dishes to the owner of the house. And it was this woman. And I looked around and there was like, all these women and children everywhere. And I was like, Hey, and I put it down. I was like, I'm so sorry to intrude. I just, I grew up here. I haven't been here since I was six years old. Mm-hmm. Um, when we came back from Greece, we moved back to West Springfield till I was six. And then that's when we went to Dighton. Um, mm-hmm. She's like, Oh my goodness. That's so cool. Um, I own it now. It's now transitional housing for women and children. It's called um, Christina's house. And I was like, that's my name. <laughs> wow. And it was just a very, it, it was just one of those moments in life. Where it was just where you were in the stream. I don't know if it's yeah. just a beautiful moment. And Absolutely. we lived in the attic um, and a lot of our friends, part of my dad's church lived on the second floor and the first floor. Um, and I was like, do you mind if I you know, go up to the attic? And she's like, yeah, of course. And one of the women that lived there, um, she walked me up and went up to the attic and, you know, all these memories were flooding back. And Mm -hmm. there was like some kids living up there and my old kitchen area. And then we walked down the long hallway and I like went into my parents' bedroom and I just started crying because that was like the last place I had memories with my dad because he passed away when I was nine. So it was like, um, and me and this woman I just met were like crying together because I told her the story and like, it was wild. And it's just, I I left, they all hugged me and was like, come back anytime. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I walked back to my friend's truck and he's like, where did you just go? And I'm just like crying. He's like, you just never know with you, Chrissy. <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> oh my goodness! And then, actually, a year later, I did go back, and no one was there. <laughs> Which I know that is a uh, it is that because um, I found them online and everything, and I want to send them a CD with the story of how that inspired the title of the album. But as I was mm-hmm. telling Jonah this whole story, he's like, "That is not a song title. That is an album name." And that's yeah. what brought the concept of the entire album together. Yeah. Well, that's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> and it definitely adds like another element. I mean, like I said, I really do love the record. And, and you know, the next time I listen to it, it's kind of just have a different feel, I would, I would imagine, you know, um, that's cool. I mean, I, I like how, where you go with a lot of the sounds on the record. I mean, I'm a big fan of uh, just kind of like slow songs, uh, but you also do have some stuff that's a little bit more kind of like there's a, a jazz element to it. Um, you know, you span a lot of different things. You know, the, the song Dissolve is mm-hmm. magnificent. I That song I like just a lot of that, that much. <laughs> 
<laughs> What's that? <laughs> I was listening to a lot of Sade that month. <laughs> ah, all right. Yeah, that one just like I just, you know, I stop whatever I'm doing and just be like, I need to listen. You know, it's a very like Seinfeld <laughs> moment. I'm like, everyone shut up, you know? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I love that song. That and the then, first one we recorded, actually. And really? Yeah, I think I was just so in shock that this was happening and I like started crying at the end of it. And I was like, I swear, guys, I'm not going to cry on every song. Like, this is just too surreal. And Jonah was the one that said, let's start with Dissolve because it's one of the harder ones and then move from there. And I was just like, all right, you really did me in there. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do love that theory, though. I've, I've had that in my life as well. Of like, just kind of get the hard one out of the way because then just, you know, it's all theoretically easier from there. But um yeah, is there anything else that you wanted to bring up about uh, about that particular record? I just love that it was um, done at Dragon Line. That that's a beautiful, um, cherished place for um, creativity. I love the artist that lives there, Duncan Laurie. Um, he's a very big mentor to myself and his family. Ona Laurie, they're all just. Um, wonderful people and I, I pay a lot of the creation of house of christina to them and yeah. allowing me not just the space to record there but the space to create all the songs except for preacher's daughter but yeah all the songs were created there okay um, and yeah i love that it was recorded live over just the course of four four days up in that yeah. glass studio up there so a lot of the verb reverb and everything is very natural um, which is exactly what I was trying to go for there. Mm -hmm. I'm not really familiar with that space, though. Um, can you talk just a little bit more about about that? Is it uh, do they invite other artists into it, like a, a, or is it? It's uh, actually um, Duncan Laurie. It's his house where he lives, and then he rents it out in the summers just for weddings. Um, and okay. Kind of manage the property throughout that time. Cause he likes to just go to Maine for the summers and all. <laughs> he's like, just, you know, just do it and yeah. uh, I'll manage the weddings for him. Um, but he is a, <laughs> if there is an alien on this planet, it is Duncan Lore. He is just, oh. so <laughs> he, I, you guys should Google him. He's one of the most fantastic artists in the Rhode Island area. I feel like Rhode Island has so many different like wild gems out there and he's one mm -hmm. of them artists and legends um and if you google dragon line you'll see the property that he built himself with his friends um yeah he's just wow. a magnificent person cool. yeah i'll have to check that out uh, thanks um yeah people should definitely buy your record it's available on vinyl cd download stream it however you want to engage with this you know support chrissy uh, any way that you can. Um, and yeah, do you want to shout out any other uh, ways for people to connect with you, PVD Live, where should they follow you to see upcoming shows and, you know, know when announcements are going to be coming? Yeah, PVD Live, our Instagram is probably the best place. Um, you can always DM us to be signed up for the email list. Our website got hacked at like the exact same time that the pandemic hit. <laughs> so I'm like, my website got hacked. I'm canceling my whole concert calendars. I'm like, so let it be, you know, it was like, um, 
so I'm I'm at the point of rebranding right now, and we should have a new website up soon. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so that <laughs> will eventually be the best place to know about stuff. But right now, it's the Instagram PVD Live. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, my personal is at Christy Stewart underscore. Um, website is ChristyStewart.com uh, if you'd like to purchase a vinyl or a CD. Um, and then, yeah, the album's on all streaming platforms if you want to listen. Nice. And uh, one last question for this segment that I ask every guest is, what would you say is your greatest musical accomplishment to this point? I think creating an album, I mean, you really just don't know how much goes into it until you start that voyage. There's just mm -hmm. so much. Um, yeah, just from the beginning writing portion, you know, that's the fun part. And then you get into final production and CDs and promotion and, you know, like press and there's yeah. just so much into it. And I have so much respect for anyone that does that. Um, so personal music accomplishment, I think, is my album um, highlight of production. You know, I'm I'm proud that I've created something myself. You know, PVD Live is my baby, and I, you know, have every intention to continue to cultivate it for um, for the community and doing bigger and bigger things. And um, it's in an exciting place because I'm finally figuring out how to get grants and sponsorships and stuff. And mm -hmm. um, make sure that bands are getting paid properly, you know, and mm -hmm. my own efforts. So that's a nice place to be. Um, yeah. And I think uh, one of the biggest highlights, you know, is touring with Lucinda Williams. Like I, I still don't know how I got onto that tour. <laughs> yeah, that would be a question. How did you get on that tour? <laughs> I got did you just one. take a chafing dish and like walk on and be, <laughs> and you're like you know, on the it, tour bus? I was, working at a festival high water festival in South Carolina and their tour manager um I did him a solid because they didn't have a merch person that night so I helped him with his merch that night mm -hmm. and then at the end of the night he was just like you know we need someone um we need a production manager for our June tour you know like June for the rest of the summer do you want to come with us I was like okay so like wow. the next month I was just on tour with them it was so crazy <laughs> yeah but I learned so much from that whole crew it was myself I think it was 27 28th time and then everyone was 50 between 50 and 60 you know so I was just like around so many people that have had so many experiences so mm -hmm. I just absorbed every moment and uh yeah, very fortunate for that experience. Yeah. Well, Chrissy, you're you're amazing. You're an inspiration, and I appreciate you taking the time to you. to talk and, and you know share these stories. Thanks. Yeah, nice to you know relive them a little. Yeah. Yeah.
Is now.